Hello, everyone. My name is Gavin Finn. Dalila, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much for the invite. It's a pleasure for me to be with you. Great to be talking to you. And of course, the topic for today is how the world of marketing is changing, and particularly given the uncertainty in which we're all operating and the increasing demands on marketing and on sales and how marketers and marketing organizations are responding. So I'd like to just get started, Dalila, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a little bit of your background and tell us a little bit about what you're doing at TE Connectivity. Of course, of course. Uh, I lead a team of marketers located uh, um, across the globe, and together I would say that we uh, uh, contribute to growth. We establish strategies to help driving growth, um, uh, enabling customers to uh, uh, access information, uh, make uh, a decision to their uh, buying uh, process, a lot of transformation in, a, in, a, in my group, um, in a, my company as well. Uh, I'm based in France. I work from home, uh, travel to uh, meet uh, uh, TE employees uh, across the globe. This is uh, something I love doing. I love being into a multicultural environment. T Connectivity is a six makes uh, uh, electric and electric and electronic sorry, components uh, for very diverse applications such as automotive, uh, medical sensors as well uh, appliances. Uh, so you wouldn't necessarily have heard about T-Connectivity, but you will find T-Connectivity products uh, into your daily uh, world, I would say. Yeah, I think everybody is interacting with some form of T-Connectivity products, but just not knowing about it. You talked about the organization that you've built, uh, meets a lot of different needs and has been constantly evolving. And then you, you said that sort of now is the time where there's a lot of transformation going on. What's different now in the market and in your particular industry that's making it so that you and your team really need to think about this transformation that you're undergoing? That's a, a very, uh, very large topic. Um, I would say that uh, the first thing that I can think about that I would say one of the driving forces that has uh, been driving this, uh, this change is the fact that uh, the buying decisions involve more stakeholders today than it used to uh, in the past. So we need to uh, work to convince and convert buying committees. It's not one person who's making the decisions today. That's one, that's one thing. We need to think about the fact that we need to convince, educate, and convert a buying committee, not just one person anymore. It can be procurement, engineers, you have influencers, you have, you have multiple people as part of these buying committees. Another piece which is, uh, uh, I think, very important and that, that you really need to think about uh, the fact that uh, uh, generational changes, uh, I would say, are driving greater self-serve and digital engagement. Today, to be customer, it's an individual like you and I, and those uh, uh, behavior that uh, we have, we apply them into our work environment, and we expect faster re response. We also expect uh, the ability to self-serve, uh, sometimes with low touch, but cer certainly with a, a seamless experience across the entire buying journey. There is one, uh, one number that uh, struck me, uh, Gartner Research, I think from uh, two years ago, uh, that was saying that 55% of B2B buyers today are millennials. So those people, they are in the companies, they make decisions, and they make decisions with their own uh, uh, behavior that I described uh, uh, earlier. Another thing that I can think about is the fact that there are new competitors and they are changing the market ecosystem. They move fast and we need to adjust if we want to, to stay competitive and, uh, and ahead of, uh, of uh, uh, the trend, I would say. And the last uh, driving force that I can talk to you about, and I'm sure everyone uh, would uh, certainly uh, already know about this one. Um, we have faced COVID-19, 
We have faced multiple crises over the past uh, few years, material shortages. There were, I remember in Germany, some uh, uh, flood as well, uh, price increases as well. So there are a lot of, uh, I would say, global dynamics, local dynamics, however we want to see this. And they are impacting the buying process as well. They are, they are impact, impacting, sorry, the, the, the customer behavior, their expectations. They want things fast. Uh, they wanted yesterday. Those crises have leveled up the the expectations that our customers have. There's a lot there, and and uh, I'm sure everybody who is listening has experienced all or some of those things. And so, to some degree, I think it's not just an issue for your market or your company, but for all you know B2B businesses uh, across the board. And so, I wanted to just ask you. Um, let, let's get started with the first one you mentioned, which is that there are now buying committees which all have influence and probably in the past, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were selling mainly to a technical audience and it was really the technical buyer that was making the decisions in the past. It's true, it's true, yeah. In the past it was the case, it was a technical person who would talk to one of our uh, sales engineers, uh, the discussion would happen between them. But uh, one thing is that uh, most of the time today um, for a product, that we would tend to call the core uh, at T, or even for uh, products that uh, we sell through the addresses, um, they have made their research online without talking to anyone, and they know already a lot. And when they engage with uh, our own sales team, they have quite a good sense of what uh, uh, they think they, they want. So it's a very different dynamic. Yeah, and I think this is something that many, many companies face. So a lot of companies built their whole culture around the best features and functions and feeds and speeds. And that was not just about the product, but it was about how they went about selling, what their competitive strategies were. And, and so this shift from saying that's part of it now, but it's not the total decision-making framework. And I think when you said that you um, now have to engage with a variety of different constituents, some of that those constituents care about the technical issues, but I'm sure others care about broader issues that aren't just feeds and speeds. They may have to do with reliability. They may have to do with supply chain. They may have to do with the relationship overall, research and development, and where uh, the organization is going might have to do with uh, pricing models and a whole variety of different things. When you, when you go from that feature function culture to this more, I think you, you talked about it as well, customer-centric culture, which is all about all the different dimensions of value for them, that involves um, a transformation for the whole company, not just marketing, I would imagine. It does, it does, because uh, when, for instance, my staff would be working on the, uh, launching a product, they don't focus on what you said, on, on what you've described, you're right. They don't focus on products or features. They look at value proposition. They look at differentiation. And they look at uh, uh, sharing that. Uh, uh, based on research, obviously, what is competition doing, uh, what does the customer need, et cetera, et cetera. They share this with, uh, with the sales team. And then we want this uh, 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 message, this value proposition, this differentiation to be used across the organization by all the customer-facing functions. Uh, so when uh, a customer would uh, go online, would go talking to a, a sales engineer, would uh, receive uh, uh, an email or would attend a webinar, they would hear... Um, that consistent message. And that's how we try to enable this uh, uh, omnichannel uh, uh, experience as well. Uh, they might find different uh, type of information depending on who they talk to, when they engage, but it's going to be consistent and it's going to be uh, looking at uh, uh, 
more than uh, than the features. You're absolutely right. And I think you know what I see across the industry is that this is not something that every company has uh, mastered yet. They're all sort of grappling with this. Some are just becoming aware that this is the competitive landscape in which they find themselves, and others are in that process but haven't really found their footing yet. And it seems to me that you've um, really taken this strategic approach with your global marketing team. Something you just said ha has to do with creating value propositions that everybody understands. No matter where the customer is, they're going to be sort of surrounded by these consistent value propositions. So that's a change within your marketing framework as well uh, that you've had to do. But you also now are interacting with sales teams and product management and other kinds of organizations. But how has that transition been? Is that something that they were aware of that needed to happen where you as the marketing lead introducing them to this transformation and their need to change. What, what's that process been like? What I can tell you is that we definitely uh, uh, spend a, an important uh, amount of time uh, aligning with uh, uh, our peers. I can share an example of how we have uh, aligned and how we communicate, I would say, priorities, uh, where we want to focus, how we are going to market. That we've created a, uh, what we call the commercial engine team. And it started with the head of sales and, the, and myself, head of uh, marketing for our business unit, um, getting together and uh, uh, bringing with us uh, uh, a few of uh, our uh, people and looking at uh, what is it that we want to uh, prioritize. Uh, we have also identified some, uh, uh, I would say, uh, uh, tactical uh, areas that we want to, uh, to, to, to do better, work differently, or just like uh, deliver on together. But we have uh, uh, started with sales and marketing because we feel like uh, uh, that's potentially the core that absolutely needs to be aligned. We make sure that uh, uh, we align on the approach and we make sure that we think together that that's one way and that's the way we chose to uh, uh, make sure that uh, our organization transforms while uh, looking at the same priorities. I think you've talked about a couple of different dimensions there that are interesting to everybody in the audience. One of them has to do with the leadership making that decision to work together, right? So it was the sales leader and you getting together saying, we're going to do this together up front, as opposed to later on figuring out how can we match what we've both independently done. So, you know, I, I would say that that's relatively unusual in the industry from what we um, see in, in a variety of different companies in different verticals tend to not always be as aligned as you. And I think that that's quite unusual and, and very impressive. The second thing I think that's important there is that you've, you've talked about putting a set of goals together. And are those goals related to revenue performance? Or are they related, related to market share? What kinds of goals have you set mutually that are your collective, that team's collective goals? They are related to growth acceleration, growth generation. We're going to uh, assess us on a qualitative, how, uh, how the teams work together. Are we actually functioning properly? Are we seeing alignment? Are we potentially seeing less frictions in our organization? Is everyone aware and understand what we, what we want to achieve and, wh and why? I think that's one. And the other piece, of, uh, obviously, is uh, uh, about growth. Uh, uh, contributing to uh, uh, revenue. Is there any money that is left on the table that we are uh, that we uh, could capture? Business goals as well as collaboration goals, which I think is another lesson for for everybody to pay attention to. You know, the thing that I I am always struck by is that these um, 
the technologies are very advanced. You've got tremendous advanced R&D in the way you, you design and engineer your products and manufacturing technology is pretty advanced, but it is an industrial market and those industrial markets tend not to be thought of as um, high tech. They tend in the past at least to have been thought of as very um, old school relationship driven. And you mentioned earlier that you're moving much more towards a digital engagement uh, strategy and hybrid selling and all of that. What, what have you seen with respect to the, um, the teams themselves and any potential human, uh, you know, what's going on with the people and their perception of this change? Is it easy for them to change? Are you seeing that some organizations are more receptive to changing the way that they do things? Keep in mind that your company's been around a long time. It's very, very successful and people have built careers around one method or one set of processes that have worked very well for them for many years. Have you seen a tremendous resistance to change or a, a, a ready adoption of change? Change is not easy. I think it requires a lot of agility from uh, uh, individuals uh, in order to uh, uh, understand that one day you do one thing one way, but the other day you might need to be doing uh, things differently. Um, it's, all, it's a mindset. I think, uh, and uh, obviously there is resistance to change. And some of these people may not ever embrace the change, but many of them do. I think there is a adoption when people understand um, the value, the benefits for them, for their business, for the customers, for our company. It takes time. It takes a lot of uh, uh, education, uh, a lot of discussion why we are going to work on these topics. It's not something that you do one day and, and it's done. You know, it's something that uh, you need to work on every day, that you need to uh, uh, um, remind people. You need sometimes to rehash, obviously. Uh, uh, it's like in communication. Before the message is actually fully understood, you need to repeat it, uh, I don't know, eight, ten times the same way, different ways uh, for people to uh, remember what you, uh, what you want them to, uh, to remember. It's a journey. It's not, it's not something uh, simple. You need to prepare the change, but you need to uh, walk with people hand in hand so um, they see some value in the end. Yeah, so this constant reinforcement and reminding people why they're doing it and uh, not just relying on the fact that we had that discussion a year ago, everybody should remember yeah. it. It's just continuing to remind them about the importance and what's driving these changes and how it's going to help the company. You know, one of the other things that you talked about is it seems to me that, that T-Connectivity's marketing organization has also undergone a tremendous change in your role. And I think that is an indicator and perhaps sort of um, a metaphor for how marketing in general, because of all of these changes, has really had to reassess its role in the organization. And rather than being seen as this sort of driver of advertising and printer of brochures and kinds of things that people did in the past, you've really taken on a central role in understanding and articulating this value story, but also in creating the customer engagement strategy and then bringing the other teams into that strategic direction. Do you see the role of marketing changing within TE connectivity and also in the way that other people do their business, the way that the sales team works, the way that the product management team works, all of the rest of the organizations that are you know, in some ways customer facing, um, how, how has that changed their roles given the fact that you're taking on so much more than what was traditionally thought of as marketing? It's night and day. 
Mm. And you described it very well. It used to be more a markup function, a sales support function, doing those brochures and catalogs. And today we are uh, sitting at the table, bringing our own voice to the discussion. And that's what I tell to my team. You need to understand the customers. You need to understand the competitors. You need to do your, your homework. You need to prepare so you can bring your own perspective to the discussion when you work with a project, man with a product manager or a sales uh, engineer and you guys are working on the, launching a, a product or preparing a, a campaign for a customer. Um, I, I look at uh, how my organization will look like uh, in uh, two, three, four, five years. I need to have people who understand the customers, who are commercially focused, who speak the same language than the business, who understand uh, financials as well, who have the ability to work with data. Um, and, and, you know, uh, that's, that's a change that I'm driving into the marketing function uh, at Team Connectivity, but that's a change that's not just for uh, market marketers as well. That's a change that I've uh, discussed about with the sales function um, as uh, uh, we've been talking about uh, talent of the selling engine uh, overall, adding things like uh, uh, ability to work with data, ability to uh, play with digital tools. Today, there are must. So um, yes, the, the, our job have changed. Our job will keep changing. And we need to understand that, be flexible, um, have the ability to learn fast, Fail fast, potentially, but try, always try. I think we are into this uh, position where uh, we can try new things, test uh, a small scale and see if uh, that's working. It is working, boom, you move on, you move fast. Yeah, that's fascinating. And you have, a, you, you, you have a sales background as well, even though it was not a major part of your career, it was part of your development. And I'm sure that that mindset has influenced the way that you think in this new transformation I, you know, I also, I was reflecting on what you were saying as you were talking about the shift to being more agile and taking on more tasks, but also being very commercially aware and driven by what the, the commercial issues are, which has not always been a focus for large companies, marketing organizations. You know, the inverse of that is, you know, you started by saying that your team and the marketing organization really needs to know the customer well, needs to know the segmentation, their problems, their challenges, so that you can create these value stories and the value propositions. I look at the sales organization and I see sort of the inverse. In the past, I think the sales teams were very focused on not just IT connectivity, but in general in the industry, um, their products, their com competitive differentiators, their feeds and speeds and pricing and all of that. And now because you've taken on as marketing this much larger role in the way that customers engage and buy. Um, the sales function has also changed and they have to be better at understanding the customers and their segments and their challenges because the customer is coming, as you said, to the table much better educated about our products and services. So now we have to engage with them at a more consultative level, which requires us to be better equipped about their challenges and their industry and their specific needs. Do you see that need for the sales team to also change their focus and their expertise and their skill sets to complement what you're doing in marketing? I think uh, sales know a lot about uh, their customers. Uh, particularly in my, uh, in my industry, they have an excellent relationship with, uh, with their customers, which is uh, very impressive. There is. Uh, another uh, layer that uh, uh, e that can and that must be added to this. Uh, 
This is the behavior of the customer that is hidden to uh, uh, sales that they, they don't necessarily know about, they can't necessarily know about. And uh, that's the thing that, uh, in my opinion, they now need to uh, uh, take into consideration to adjust their own strategy, their own approach. And that's how, that's where marketing can come in and, and help them, you know. We have that technology, we have that data, we have some information that we, we can and want to push to sales so then they can, okay, my customer is looking at this, they're interested in this, but they're talking to me about that. Okay, now let's have a different conversation with the customer based on whatever I, I, I know from them. So I think that's the, 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 the change, but there is an element which is um, hidden to them that they need to adjust to so they can uh, uh, work with uh, the bigger picture, with the 360 view uh, to potentially uh, achieve more with the customers, more share of wallet. I want to help them identify those pocket, pockets of growth, whether on that customer X, Y, and Z that they thought was not a priority uh, back then actually should be thought uh, through because uh, they buy, uh, for instance, the same time of product to uh, uh, another company or they look at uh, um, information around our product offer on our website and you, you might want to uh, uh, know about it because they buy that product elsewhere but they get come and get information from us. That's why this uh, commercial engine critical because we will figure out together how we uh, how we want to uh, leverage that and where it's best to leverage. Now that makes a lot of sense. Something you talked about was the sort of a confluence of uh, a variety of dimensions of what you brought to, to the table today is one is um, the customers wanting to do their own research. You mentioned a lot of self-serve or low touch earlier. You talked about digital and hybrid, you talked about the changing relationship of marketing and sales and all of this revolves around sort of a customer engagement strategy creating the ability for customers to engage with your company without necessarily having to talk to people so that customers wherever they meet your company wherever they touch it see it feel it interact with it they get those appropriate value stories to their segment and to their buyer personas and to their specific needs how are you creating a vision for a customer engagement strategy driven by digital, but working in this hybrid world? That's uh, e-commerce. Uh, our customers are able to buy online, on account, any products they want from, uh, uh, from ICT. Two years ago, nobody would have expected that uh, key OEM, major OEM, would make orders on, uh, on e-commerce. Um, sales will even uh, tell us that uh, it's still not a thing for them. And the reality tells us that they actually want to have the choice uh, and that they are enthusiastic when uh, shown the capability. Uh, two weeks ago, one of uh, uh, my uh, uh, employees in my organization read a report that was saying, uh, the more uh, touch points uh, uh, you, you, you offer to a customer, uh, the more uh, market share you will get with them. I would say we have the vision because we know that some of our customers want to buy direct, some uh, uh, through uh, distribution, others would want to buy online, some will want to do uh, uh, several or all of, uh, of these. And we know that a customer can migrate, I would say, across uh, uh, these channels very easily. Um, so that's how we are thinking about the digital vision uh, uh, and digital uh, strategy. Uh, because in the end, it's not just digital, it's, it's just the way uh, uh, the world we live in today. It's like you would say that in my organization, I have a digital group and I have a product marketing group, but in the end, product marketing happens through a, a digital channels anyway. 
that uh, uh, B2B e-commerce is something we have uh, spent a lot of time developing, uh, uh, planning for, and that we, uh, we want to, we believe is going to, uh, uh, to be uh, an asset for our organization and for our customers. And uh, one of my employees saw something that I like very much. He said that uh, we are uh, baby in the woods. We are learning uh, in ways we didn't have before to adjust again uh, uh, what uh, uh, what we what, what we are doing. Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, the the notion that B two B companies were not well suited for uh, e commerce was a very well sort of established fact that people believed for a long time, and and certainly during the pandemic. I think we saw that that was not necessarily true, even for large volume transactions or large um, high value transactions. When B2B talks about e-commerce, I think there's a misconception that it's all about the, um, the transaction part of that, the very last step, which is you know, put in the purchase order number or the, or the credit card and make the transaction. But B2B e-commerce is really about some of the things that you've talked about, which is giving the customer the ability to learn everything they need to know, product details, value stories, use cases, differentiated uh, value, all in a digital environment, and then ultimately get to that digital step if that's right for them, for that psychographic, the psychodemographic for them. Um, and so that last part, which is the buy here and put in your credit card part, is really the very, very last step, but it's not the only, and it's certainly not the most important step in that e-commerce framework for B2B. It's about doing everything that you've talked about, which is giving everybody the ability to, to learn about the company, to learn about the, their needs being met, and to engage with people along the way if that's part of their behavior, as you talked about, but not necessarily driving them to one channel or another, giving them all of those options. And I think, as you said, learning about how to create these customer engagement frameworks where they can engage with you and make sure that they're getting those consistent value stories and the consistent messaging, no matter who they're talking to or whether they talk to anybody at all. And then enabling that very last step, I think you're learning and, and maybe teaching along the way for a lot of B2B companies that just giving them that ability is actually a growth driver as well for you. Totally, it is. I think you've brought a lot to the table and I want to just summarize some of the things that we've all learned. One is that there are big changes in the way that customers are buying, both with respect to the generational preferences of engagement, whether it's online, offline, both hybrid and moving back and forth in these channels. Another uh, message that you've sort of given us is that there are multiple buyers within each of these constituencies and so understanding their dimensions of value is very important. And that bringing sales and marketing together around a commercial vision based on understanding the customer better um, is really important. And so aligning those two different organizations or multiple organizations together in this entire journey is critical. And the other thing that you mentioned about this transformation process is not just a digital transformation, it's really an organizational and a philosophical transformation involves constant reinforcement and adaptation and agility. Is there anything that you'd like to add that you can help our listeners and audience with, with respect to getting them to the point of what you've been able to accomplish? Change is hard, but it's a good thing. It is important to uh, understand that uh, 
transformation is necessary for organizations to be successful. I would also say that uh, uh, the customer doesn't belong to one function anymore. It belongs to uh, the company, and we are multiple functions who actually can bring value to the customer. If I can give an, uh, an advice to all the marketers who might be listening to, uh, to us today, use data, work on data, take it, uh, analyze the data, create your own insight, your own perspective, and bring your voice to the table because there is no shame in doing this. It can only add value to the discussion and it can only be, be beneficial to the organization. Well, great words of wisdom, Dalila, based on a lot of experience and expertise and great success that you've had. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real delight and I look forward to continuing our engagement. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you.